Alright, alright, alright. I know you guys are super amped for this new episode of the podcast. I know you're all chomping at the bit to hear what we think of JM's new tribute hunt that was recently released. Uh, But before we get to that, we got a little bit of housekeeping. Recently, we've seen a lot of damage to a lot of parks that are related to the secret, especially during the shutdown. And to sort of combat that, we've decided to do uh, a bit of a charity drive. We have a donation button on our website, 12treasures.com. For every dollar that you donate to that fund, you get entered into sort of a raffle to win a first edition of the Japanese book. Uh, So like if you donate a dollar, you get one entry. If you donate $10, you get 10 entries, that kind of thing. All of the money that's raised from that is going to be used to buy a memorial plaque for Byron Price in one of the parks that was affected by the shutdown. In addition to that, we got a t-shirt store up. Uh, All the proceeds from the t-shirts are going to be donated to uh, the Cleveland Foundation in the honor of the Palancar family. So if you can, feel free to donate. Anything would be appreciated. I'm joined on this episode by Brett Ziegler and Evan Hoovler. Uh, you know Evan is drunk nerds probably on random internet forums. Uh, he's been in the hunt since, you know, about 2015, I think. Uh, was when he started on Something Awful and he just kind of migrated over into our group and he's made a home there. Uh, Brett's been a close personal friend of mine for, God, it's been a long time. Um, So without further ado, let's get into the new episode. Singler. We're here to talk about uh, a new puzzle that's been introduced to the Secret Family. Uh, recently, our good friend JM has released his tribute hunt. Uh, it's kind of going viral on all the Facebook pages. We figured we'd give you guys kind of a rundown and and what we thought about it. Sorry about that. If I may, how does that happen that you know Burnstyle for five years, but then he doesn't tell you about the secret for over three years? So while while I was working on the secret, uh, there were there were other little uh, uh, treasure hunts, really more, more puzzles that were super in-depth ciphers. Like I think one, one included like breaking into a computer in in some random guy's house to steal it. They were really, really hard puzzles. And me and Brett sort of met through there. Yeah. 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 Like solving enigma ciphers and all sorts of like a, one of the puzzles ended up in this head, head to head hangman match that we had to had to figure out. So, um, yeah, we got to know each other through just, you know, kind of, uh, having fun with those and solving the cyphers and stuff like that. And, uh, we decided, Hey, let's meet up and let's, let's tackle this uh, secret thing. Yeah. So when, uh, when the podcast group started, I brought Brett in, uh, I think, I think it was JM that had the idea that there were more word puzzles or almost cipher like stuff that was going on in the secret. So we brought Brett in to kind of take a look at everything and, you know, we didn't really find anything, but Brett Mm -hmm. sort of got hooked. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely hooked. No. And I did not find that, uh, that cipher that I wanted in there. Not yet. I'm still looking there. (laughs) I'd really like it to be there. 
But you guys are you guys are both in California, right? So you're you're both more, I guess, preoccupied with the with the San Francisco hunt. I'm from Washington. I'm from California, but I'm up in Seattle, Washington. So nobody ever makes a punt a hunt up here because it's not marketable to bring people to the far northwest corner <laughs> and get snowed in. I, I'm in. Uh, I'm I'm definitely in California. I just moved back from Florida, as you guys know. But um, I'm super happy to be here. I'm up in Sonoma, my hometown, which is cool. But I have been fascinated with uh, with the San Francisco one um, ever since. It, you know, that's been most of my focus. Little bit of New Orleans, little bit of New York, um, but mostly with the San Francisco one. San Francisco one I've done, I've read uh, every thread on every image and, and uh, uh, verse in uh, Q4T at least twice. I just like watching people solve puzzles. And yeah, I like the San Francisco one because I remember being in Golden Gate Park as a kid. But also that verse leaves a lot to be desired. There's nothing specific there. There's there's no numbers besides high posts or three. So I really kind of swam away from it because there's barely any image matches and you can make the verse fit anywhere. So it's kind of kind of been on my back burner which is sort of like this new puzzle that jm's created right the verse we go ahead and read it to you is it says tribute your way has a twin a man of adventure stands at the beginning and end cross four spans an emblem of b it's down below valkyrie's window with seven it's important to find all clues learned now from methods past one cask two circles three dragon of the sea in marsh hillside and valley deep viva fair folk and their treasure keep so that sort of like the san francisco uh verse in that it's not real specific there's not a whole lot here that could be just random you know words on a uh on a marquee there's not a lot here that you you can't google search any of this and find it in a book this is very vague it actually speaks to me more than any of Price's puzzles, and here's why. Uh, looking at the solved ones, uh, what mattered with the, uh, the Cleveland one? Nine, nine bricks across, that's a number. What mattered in the Chicago one? 10 by 13 numbers. What mattered if, George, you solved the uh, New Orleans one, which I, I believe, I like to believe, uh, the middle of 21 numbers. And JM's verse has five separate numbers. So I've actually kind of gotten around, even though I, I, I hate the verses and I think they cause trouble. I've come around to liking JM's verse, I think, more than the price verses at this point. Yeah, I, I think, well, the, I mean, the easy thing about, say, New Orleans, for instance, we were already there. We already knew where it was. We, we, knew, the, we knew the state. We knew the city. We had a vague you know, idea of where it was. So the numbers helped in that sense. But when you've got the entirety of North America, uh, you know, as your playground, those numbers don't help as much, you know, I mean, I could find parks that have four spans of something. I could find two of something circling three of something else in, you know, a lot of parks. So I think in this case, until you have a city, they're not super helpful. True. I'm hoping that they, uh, point to a dig spot like prices numbers did with those three casks. Right. Then we have the image. Like the, the first thing you see when you see the image is this giant brown sort of structure, which if we're being honest, when I first saw it, I thought of Texas. Like that's just bare impression. I want to say it's it, that's purposeful. Not that the thing is in Texas, but I think he wanted you to think Texas as soon as you saw it. I thought Alamo. I'm not I'm not going to lie. That's the first yeah. that's the first thing I thought uh, when I saw it. Um, I in, in terms of, you know. I'm hoping that the emblem of B, that the B stands for Brett, 
uh, because if it doesn't, I'm totally lost in the verse. Um, I, and I'm, I'm more of a, a words guy. So I, you know, the numbers don't help me all that much. I'm looking in the text of the verse, trying to find, you know, are there acronyms, acrostics, are there words that you squeeze together? But, uh, and then the image, of course, I'm, uh, please continue with the image, George. I'm totally lost on the image, but for me, it wasn't the Alamo that spoke to me. I, I first thought Alamo, but I noted that the, uh, top is rounded on the Alamo, whereas the top of this wall is all sorts of things. It's squared and then bumped up. And that made me recall the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia, which has the exact same, it matches almost perfectly to the very top of the wall, the the board that's holding the Liberty Bell. And then I started noticing, if you look down at the leash that's right under the uh, bottom window, that dog leg that comes off the straight line perfectly mirrors the crack on the Liberty Bell. So now I'm kind of leaning towards Philadelphia. Another thing I noticed, and I I think you pointed this out too, Evan, is that there's a lot of nods to the other paintings in this painting. Just a whole slew of nods. Like the, uh, I'm going to call it a hubcap because I've got no idea what it is. The hubcap hanging off of the stick on the side of the building. The string is reminiscent of the Charleston painting, right? The way the string hangs off of the the stick in that. where the butterfly is that's reminiscent of the Chicago painting. Like there's a lot of small nods to other paintings in this painting. Yeah. The dress for, for New York. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. Which is a great thing that Kit and JM did. How can you have a tribute without just having a nod to, you know, obviously the previous puzzle, but you can't just pick one out. You have to have something from each of these puzzles. And I think they did a pretty good job of getting a huge mix of just different nods into this one painting. It would be very difficult for me to take some art created by my father and incorporate it into a brand new thing. That's just extremely difficult. Yeah, and you're right. The fact that they did that is, is noble and impressive. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I'm just impressed. I, I think they did an awesome job. I think this has got the interest of a lot of people. As you guys know, I hang out with a um, pretty big group of people on Facebook uh, in a Facebook chat they called the Jewel Box. And they have been anticipating this for months. And even uh, a couple of them stayed up past midnight thinking that uh, he was going to be released at midnight on the on the release day. I think it ended up coming at like five o'clock. Just everybody's pumped. And I don't think anybody's disappointed. There are people that have literally taken work off for several days just to look at this and try to, you know, get a jump. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I was one of the people that was waiting around at midnight just to see what John and Kit could come up with. Because I've been hearing about this for so long, longer than you guys, I'm sure. And it's just, I just, I was anticipating it. I was like, this has got to be, it's got to be amazing. And and they did a really good job. Yeah. So we had a lot of backstory with the other puzzles, right? We've got, we've got our immigration references. We've got, you know, our cities. We've got a lot of things that sort of tie in that we figured out that, you know, all of the different cities are port cities. All of the different cities have lighthouses. There's a lot of little things. And now I'm wondering, is this tribute going to incorporate those same elements? I mean, do you think he's going to... Do you think he's going to pick uh, a city that sort of falls in line with the other cities? Or do you think he's just going to go out on left field and put it somewhere that doesn't sort of fall in line with everything else? 
Coming from an angle where we didn't know anything about what JM and Kit were doing, we were definitely, uh, this is on Quest for Treasure, we were definitely kicking around ideas about immigration. And what's super fun about it and speaks to Price's original aims is that we started researching immigration and just learning a lot about the history of the melting pot of the United States. And just learning that was fascinating. And I think it's been popular on the Facebook page that with Valkyrie mentioned in the verse and the dark haired man or woman. Uh, it could have uh, Scandinavian references. Uh, they settled in Minnesota, as we all know. It wouldn't be a tribute, right, if it didn't fall under the same rules as the previous hunts. Is that a man or a woman, by the way? Can we settle this right now? I think that's a dude. I'm just, I'm just going to say it. I, I think that looks like a like a guy's face. Um, uh, it just has certain features on it that it, that uh, you know. And and I I think I saw the first thing I thought was was a Native American, and I thought Sitting Bull. No, no, I'm pretty hard, hard set on that being a female. I think with the arch of the back and with different, it's got a lot of artistically, it seems to have a lot of feminine features, though I could be completely wrong. Like I, I have, I have no idea, but to me, it, 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 it strikes me as more female than male. That has to be intentional, right? I know I've looked at Jay uh, Kit's work and he can draw the, fe- the, the, the body like no one else. That sharp bend in the back, that, that has to be intentional, right? That's a clue. If it's anything I know about JM, he's into negative space, right? So he wants you to look at the things behind things and the, sh- the shapes behind the shapes, right? So I think that arm with the, with the uh, kind of the crook of the back is something that shape like an upside down U shape with the arm. Uh, you mean how the muscle and the bicep looks uh, extends past the elbow? That's right. Yeah, but there's another thing that I really know about JM. He's super smart. He j- he is, but he knows what he's not great at. When someone else is great at something, he lets them do their thing, and he knows Kit's a great artist. So I have to wonder how much of this JM had like a detailed uh, input on, and how much he let Kit just go wild. Yeah. Uh, if he just gave Kit like here's here's 10 images, make sure these things are in the painting and let Kit do what he wanted. So, I mean, that's something that, that I can see JM do. Yeah, you're right. Actually, I hadn't, I hadn't considered the fact that, that he might be doing some consulting with this, but he may have just let Kit for the most part, just run with what he thought he could get in there. Uh, one little note. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but Sitting Bull was shot through the hip and the bullet he lived, of course, but uh, the bullet went out through the small of his back. I see something in the small of the back area on this female or this male or whatever. So just just point that out. And I guess the axe would be a tomahawk then, wouldn't it? Or just a nod to a tomahawk, that is. It definitely has a facial structure more of a Native American than of a, a Nordic person. In my unanthropologically educated view. I'm still going with it, Snape. I'm going with it, Snape. And the dog's Dumbledore, and I'm calling this painting Death at Hogwarts. I, <laughs> That's my thing. That's where I'm going. We're all going to be rich. Um, yeah, you, I, now that you say Snape, I can't see anything else. You totally ruined this for me, and I'm quitting. I would like to come in and riff with you guys about how I've never seen Harry Potter. So oh, my God. I live with Rachel, and she just she cannot yes, get enough so. Harry Potter. So I know vicariously through her. I just like Snape. That's the evil one. Yes. So we don't have, you know, 30 years of, of history with these hunts. We don't have Q for T and, and a million threads telling us, giving us any clue with this. So how do you approach this? You've just got a painting. You've got absolutely zero location reference in the verse. 
You've got very little obvious location reference in the painting. How do you even approach solving this? I've been taking a solve approach that mirrors the solve to masquerade. I'm going to find JM's ex and then date her and hope she'll tell me where the Oh, okay. Now I get it. There are several of those. That's that's what we probably should have been doing is just following JM around to his different tour stops. That sounds like the hard way. Um, I think that so for for me, um, I'm trying to compartmentalize stuff. Well, I've only been looking at this for for a day. Right. So what do I know yet? But I'm trying to compartmentalize stuff. Um, I'm trying to figure out the breakdown of the verse, what and make sure I know what goes with what. You know what I mean? So, you know, do the first couple of lines go together? Do the first four? What kind of stanzas are we talking about? And then I'm just kind of looking around for for things in the in the image that um, remind me of stuff. You know, like we talked about Alamo and Sitting Bull and, you know, um, uh, the axe and things like that. So um, that's my approach so far. I think that's where I think if I were to, to work on this puzzle, that's where I would start. But I've, I want to make it clear I'm not going to work on this puzzle because I feel like I've heard so much stuff over the past year that I don't know what is I don't know what would be considered a hint. And I don't want to give myself an advantage. So I'm just absolutely not going to work on it. Like I'll help people if they want to work on it, but I'm just not. But if I were, I'd start with the verse and I'd hmm. start by thinking, uh, what would JM do? Right. So if it's a tribute to the puzzles, mm -hmm. this would work the way JM thinks that the secret would work. So I would start with the verse and I would start thinking there's obviously word games. This puzzle is going to, this, this verse is going to be switched around a little bit. Lines are going to have to be moved. Whole stanzas are going to have to be moved, especially in that the verse doesn't rhyme, right? There's no real structure to the verse. So probably something is switched around right. and I'd start figuring out what is switched around. I'd start looking at uh, different things in the images. Like let's see if there's an acrostic in the image, just different things that JM would do. JM spent countless hours on the past, uh, the past episode or the past episodes of the podcast uh, talking about different methods in the paintings, talking about how bubbles represent certain things or how, uh, different elements of the painting should move you in different ways to different clues. Um, he's talked about how negative images mean things. He's talked about how angles should mean things, not angles in like, you know, grand geometric shapes. But one of his major points in New Orleans was the, uh, the angles on the curve of the New Orleans post. One was different on the left than it was on the right. And if you look at this painting at the bottom of the pedestal or whatever it is, the angles are completely different. That's probably not an accident. Uh, mm -hmm. If you look at the the back of the pedestal itself, one the left side comes to a 90 degree angle, the right side's angled a little differently. That's probably not an accident. Uh, it's things like that. Like th that's the first thing I would do. I would get into JM's head and figure out how he thought the secret paintings were solved. And then I would approach it from that direction. I feel like getting into Price Head is a recipe for madness since a lot of his thoughts were, I'll just write what I see symbolically and people will figure it out. And no, uh, no. Yeah, but getting, it, getting into Price's Head's hard, right? He didn't, he didn't have uh, 14 episodes of a podcast explaining how his head worked, right? Getting into JM's head, it's, it's, it's not that hard. I mean, he, he spent, 14 episodes of a podcast telling you exactly how he thought these puzzles worked. 
Fair enough. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's how I would approach this one. I would go in thinking, all right, I'll follow his directions. Remember he uh, spoke of the the moons. Uh, what is it? The 11 moons and in, in the first uh, image, right. the San and that's, Francisco image. That's just one of the theories that, that he had. Like there was uh, there was the moon theory. There was the turn turn theory where you would find a um, an icon, icon to path. That's what it was. An icon that would lead you to another clue, which is where you turn to go to a park. Yeah. He talked about the vanishing of things that are littered throughout the, throughout the, uh, in all of the images, right? Um, like for example, in, in, uh, the San Francisco image, how the, the leaves of the rose bush are green and then the ones behind sort of dissipate a bit, things like that. I bet there's a lot of stuff like that. Right. And another thing is JM, he knows, number one, he knows what, he knows what holes you're going to fall into, right? He knows how people worked on the the secret puzzle. So he knows exactly what trap you're going to fall for. And he's, I'm sure, going to throw some of those traps in. He's going to trap you into things just because he knows how you're going to work on the puzzle. If you approach it the way you approach all the others. I strongly suspect there are some false state, U.S. state uh, references in the image. For instance, uh, on many boards, it's been suggested that at the top, the tree branch is the intersection of... uh, North Carolina, Tennessee, and is it Virginia or West Virginia? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But at the same time, Kit must really, really love the state of Tennessee because that is three times as big as it actually is in the map, and it's bordering both of them. You know, and I think it. I think it's a pit. I think it's a pit he wants you to fall into. I don't. I think it would be too easy if he gave you the state, and he knows you're going to look for it. He knows you're going to look for it in an outline. He knows you're going to look for a latitude and longitude, and I bet he didn't put them in there. I bet it's a trap. Or he knows that we're going to overthink it. Oh, I'm. I was born to overthink it. <laughs> maybe that's. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I can't put the face directly under the left butterfly wing. Underneath, yes, underneath the left butterfly wing, I think people are calling that Minnesota, which has that nice curve, which isn't quite parallel. But then, the top of Minnesota doesn't look like a shark's head. That's weird too. It's like. It's like. I've been I've been watching people and I've been trying myself trying to fit these in the states and true uh, uh, JJP uh, uh, the original artist had state images in a lot of the diagrams that were kind of warped but they were more just compressed and elongated they never they never broke the shape of the state with an extra point or an extra angle whereas all right. of these have extra points and extra angles and it's it's driving me mad because I feel like yep uh, this is exactly what he's trying to do to us. Uh, I just fall back on it would be way too easy. And he doesn't want this thing to be over that easy. He he would rather you look at that, that branch and go, Oh, that's Tennessee. I'm going to just focus on Tennessee for the, you know, for the rest of time. And this thing will stay buried. I mean, and another thing, I, another thing I think is like JM knows the problems with the secret, right? He knows what's caused these things to not get dug up. And he knows that people coming in and building stuff, People coming into destroying things and getting permission at parks. Those are the three biggest problems, right? So those are things he's going to want to avoid. So would he even put this in a park? I feel like Price really wanted people to go to parks. It might be like he'll find a park with a discarded, dusty pot that no one's ever going to use, maybe. I don't know. He definitely wouldn't put it in a national park because that seems to be the biggest problem right now. I don't know. I mean... We've we've seen so many of those little dusty planners that nobody's ever going to use get destroyed in a year. That's I mean, that's my initial thought with this. If 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 it were me, if I were going to bury this thing somewhere, 
it's not going to be in a park. It's going to be near a park, but it's going to be somewhere where I know this ground's not getting disturbed for a while. That's That can be difficult to find, a place where you absolutely know nothing's going to get messed with. You need it remote enough where it's not going to get messed with, but close enough where there's some man-made landmarks. That's a, that's a right. tough catch-22. Speaking of parks, were there rules that went along with this? I think I saw some rules or some guidelines. Yeah, I mean, they were mainly just the uh, the same guidelines that The Secret had, except I think he, he added churches, that it wouldn't be buried in a church, which seemed odd to me. No church, no cemetery, uh, no active railroad, uh, no public or private flower bed, uh, nowhere. No paid entry. Uh, it doesn't say anything about paid entry. Nowhere that's dangerous, like highway medians, poisonous or contaminated areas, uh, and nowhere that's owned by the contributors or their families. So it's basically the same rules. I find it suspicious that he didn't say not under any Federal Reserve banks. Makes me wonder. So we have to go dig up the Federal Reserve in New Orleans. He was really, really pushing for me to do that. You know, if I know JM as well as I think I do, I think to screw with everybody, he's going to go back to Cleveland and bury it on the other side of that planner. So I think um, I think he's probably following all, like j- even if it's not explicitly stated, like no paid entry, something like that. I think he's probably following all of those same rules and then maybe added a, a, a couple more. Well, I mean, we don't even know if that's a rule with uh, with the secret. I mean, if it's in the Fountain of Youth in St. Augustine, that's not a rule. I, I mean, I wouldn't throw it out, but I would think, I, I think, I don't think JM would put it somewhere you'd have to pay to get into. I don't think he would damage private property. And if you got to pay to get in somewhere, that's private no, property. I think you were dead and, on with he's definitely seeing why people can't dig in places, and that's keeping people from digging up these original ones. Let's put it in an area where people can just hack away. Uh, are we talking about the image still? Can we talk about that axe slash tire iron slash ball peen hammer slash ornate poker? Man, there's so many things going on with that axe. That axe is crazy. It's like half a piece pipe and a hammer and a tire iron with a bell, which is odd. I've noticed at the end of the axe, the sort of the same uh, design as in the middle of the wreath in his uh, in his rules and his. Right where you have you have the page where it has tribute and then has all the rules. It's got a series of five sort of uh, leaves at the bottom of the page. And in the center of each leaf is a bell, which is sort of the same design as that that the end of that axe. I find it weird that they would have a cross at the I'm talking we're talking about the the thing on the top of the axe if it were placed upright. Right. I find it odd that there seems to be a cross section indicator where we can see the inside of it. Yeah. That does. That seems really odd to me. I mean, whether or not it's just the handle and it's the way it's designed, who knows? Or if it's trying to show you that it's hollow. We'd be remiss if we didn't discuss it in light of the hubcap that's hanging True. from the oh. stick on the side of the building. So, Sitting Bull's Tire Repair and Goat Slaughter. Yeah, I remember that store. If that it's, I mean, it's not, if it's a tire iron or if it's a hubcap, it's not a car hubcap. It's a truck because that thing is way too huge to be a car. So maybe it's at a truck stop. We know JM toured with bands. We know he went to a lot of truck stops. Maybe it's in the bathroom of a Flying J. That doesn't narrow it down at all. Yeah, there's lots of things to discover in the bathroom of Flying J. It's in the bathroom of the Flying J next to the hooker with the butterfly tramp stamp. That's got to be it. Okay, solved. We can move on now. I mean, there's just so many things in this to talk about. Like the butterfly is sitting on what looks to me like, do you remember those old yardsticks? 
from way back in the day that had a pivot in them or a square. Yeah. Like, is, is that a square that it's sitting on or a yardstick? Or, you don't remember those? You, they fold out, right? They're, they're like a, they're 12 inches long, but they have multiple sections that are connected with pivots and you fold them out and they end up being like three feet long. I think that might be a Florida thing or an artist square. Um, so that you can draw a perfect a T square, you know, 90 degree angles. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, not a T square, but like an artist square. So you can draw different angles. You can adjust it. It's got to pivot. I'm going to have to, you got, you need to go back to school, Evan, <laughs> like right. elementary school. <laughs> yeah. I spent too much time getting graduate degrees and I never paid attention in kindergarten. That's really honestly, sadly true. No sarcasm. <laughs> I need a code word for, cause you know, I'm drunk nerds. I need a code word for when I'm not being sarcastic, you know, that I can just say, and people know that I'm genuine. Cause it's sometimes hard to tell like, if I'm doing my shtick or not. But yeah, I see so many people looking at like the big, I, the things that I just see would be pitfalls for people. Like if I were, if I were JM and I were going to make a hunt and I would want it to last for a while, I see so many people, just focusing on unlike Tennessee, which I would just throw in to make people focus on that state for a while. I don't know. I like that. That's, that's one of the things I particularly like about this image, which, which uh, is a nod to both kids painting and uh, JM's design is uh, they keep the negative space simple. You know, uh, JGP is an amazing artist, but he really, for most of, for most of it, except for maybe image nine, the Danish person, uh, he fills the negative space with sometimes with this checkerboard patterns or with mountains. And that's good. It creates a, an entertaining image, but it creates a billion, a billion ways for me to pair. What, how do you pronounce it? Paradolia. Yeah. yeah. For me to see things that aren't there. Whereas here it's, it's stark. There's only about 15 different landmarks and there's not a lot. I can't cloud gaze and see whatever I want. I really appreciate that here. I also like that there's striking lines and things don't blend into other things. It, it simplifies it in a way that, that makes me feel better about when I think I see something. Yeah, but those striking lines, those striking lines have a drawback in that you can see things that were covered up. You can see where paint is a different color in certain places. Like if you're looking at, let's call it the building. If you're looking at the building on the left side at the very, very top, you can see a lighter color blue than is in the background. So you can you can pretty much tell that that, that line extended out from where it was and then was covered up and was made the level that it is now Whoa. you can could see you, could you say that again because that was important i kind of don't quite see it could you say that again, some other way so look at the painting look at the left side of the building and look at the very top the part that extends into the foreground look at the paint above it you can see a sort of uh, an outline but it's not a straight outline it's it's angled a little bit. It's a different color than the color of the background, almost as if the background was painting painted and then the foreground was painted and the foreground was a little off and needed to be adjusted. So he went back with sort of similar color and adjusted it. I mean, you can see that in a couple of different places. You can see that around the uh, stick that's holding up the hubcap. You can see it. But that's, that's, uh, that's when you work with oils, isn't this oils? I, I don't My know. wife works with oils when she's not busy being partner of a law firm. And it all comes out just completely. You still take a brush and she'll put it on the paper and it'll look like a spectrum of color. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I, it just I'm, seems... just, I'm just basing this opinion on no, no artistic knowledge. Just uh, my wife did it once. So don't put any merit into what I'm saying, honestly, but I just, I don't, I, I don't know. 
then that leads into other like right right below on, on that same same sort of outcrop of the building right you've got the shadow but at the top of the shadow part of it sticks out into this weird angle where there is no weird angle on the outcrop so that shadow doesn't logically make any sense that would lead me to believe that's important i can't handle this this like is too big for my brain I need I need PB Works to go ahead and walk me through what's going on right now. Honestly, it's in, what I'm saying is it's in Alaska. Oh, you mean Antarctica? Yeah. Okay. I'm on board yeah, yeah. that. Well, no, I mean, I mean it could be a, no. I, I mean I think it's in Alaska. The way it outcrops at the top, same way Alaska is sort of out there from the U.S. That's that's the way it works. It's in Alaska. Oh, we'll never be able to dig it up. Hey, what do you think's the uh, the the curves below the dark pedestal of sacrifice? The curves? Yeah, the very bottom of the painting. Got to be a river, right? It, it reminds me of what Montreal. But boy, aren't there a billion rivers that are just you know wavy? I feel like that's just another one of JJP's trying to drive me mad, kind of not to. In all seriousness, I think that symmetry is important. It's it's way too big to not be important. I think this is one of those things, and and this is another thing John's always preached. Like when you when you see what something's supposed to be, you know it, right? There's no guessing games to it. You absolutely know what it is. So when you see the the banister looking thing that's in the center of the building, you know what that is. When you see it, you'll know it. When you see that curve, you'll know that curve. That's something that's been way too important to him throughout, you know, throughout him working on this puzzle is when you see a clue, you'll know that's what it is. I mean, the visual matches have anchored all of the prices solved puzzles. You'd be uh, you'd be you'd be blind not to go in making a puzzle with some stark visual matches that are difficult to see without boots on the ground or at least a map. Yeah. Well, the, the verse. Okay, verse so- Evan, this one's almost totally you because this is really, in all honesty, the first time that I've I've looked into the verse in an in-depth way. I mean, when it was posted, I kind of, I glanced at it and, you know, I thought to myself, the, the first thing I thought to myself was this is not the way the verse goes. Like this verse has been rearranged. That was absolutely my first thought and that I needed to figure out a way to rearrange this verse correctly. And then I just sort of stopped looking at it because, uh, like I said, I, I don't. I don't know if I, I don't, I don't know if I have an unfair advantage. Okay, well, let's start with that. Let's spot where it doesn't rhyme and try to find a rhyme. Spans and stands, yeah, twin and end. Those first four lines seem good, which is what you want to do. But then be below seven clues past cask. Only tell past cask to come in. But B and C rhyme. Yep. But how would you take the first part of one verse? or of one stanza, say that's a stanza. Cause it flows like a stanza. How would you take the first part of that stanza? I guess cross four spans an emblem of B it's down below two circles, dragon of C. That yes. matches. I, I, one thing I've learned in my history of being a full-time writer is that people don't seem to give a crap about matching meter and, and, and pentameter and syllables. So uh, I, the way you say it flows perfectly and it has perfect meter, but I'm not sure that th- does JM care that much about, about that. I think he does. Okay. I think he does. I think, I think that the, to JM, what JM cares about is, is the puzzle itself and, and how um, the original puzzle seems to have wordplay and he would want his, his puzzle to have wordplay at least a little. So I think even if it's just those lines that are, even if just those, those stanzas are swapped, that would be enough for him. But how much, how, how much does that matter to the solve? Yeah. There's, there's a big 
question in my mind. Um, does it matter? So is this kind of a step-by-step -step instruction on how to work your way from one, uh, one spot to the, to the final if it spot? Were, if it were right? me, I would say do the exact opposite of what I do because that's what JM would do, right? That's, that's why we worked so well together. He was the exact opposite of me. And if I were to create a, a hunt, everything that, that the verse says would be in one spot where you're standing, right? The exact opposite of that has got to be a path. Well, cross, cross four spans. Well, no, actually that could be four crosses and some arm spans. No. Okay. Yeah. It could be one. It could be the same location. God, I hate English because English can be interpreted in so many ways. It's like Christ thought he was Henry David Thoreau writing Walden and just anything can be anything. I think, I think the, the most important part of this verse is that it's important to find all clues learned now from methods past. Well, that tells me that he's going to use all of the tricks that he's found in the other verses and the other paintings in this one. And it's important to remember what all those tricks are. It's important to remember not just what was found in the previous verses and the previous, um, the previous paintings, but how they were found and why they but were God, found. But God, all of them? Even the guys who solved these puzzles didn't find all of them. If you're going to make a tribute to a puzzle, how do you pick and choose? How do you pick and choose what, what clues are, are you, you're going to use for yours? I mean, you're essentially saying, if I use this part from Milwaukee, that means Milwaukee's better than, or I, I think more highly of Milwaukee than I do of uh, Houston, right? So maybe he did. Maybe he did try to find a way to... Oh, maybe he did try to find a way he could blend all of the ways he thought the secret worked into one sort of epic puzzle. For me, something that's important is one cask, because why would you say that? We know it's a cask. And why is it one line and it doesn't fit? It's two syllables that has to be part of a, 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 an anacrostic or a cipher or something. It just doesn't seem to fit, and it's so uh, redundant. I was going to point that out. The one really weird piece of the verse is just that one cask sitting out by itself. Um, <clears throat> what does it mean? The C is capitalized, um, and then it goes two. So it goes one, two, three, right? So the numbers under right underneath that are two and three. There's some kind of instruction here that tells you how to piece this verse together. Is what I unless think. you take the third stanza and you move it to the very top. So it's Valkyrie's window with seven. It's important to find all the clues. Learn now from methods past. One cask. Your way has a twin. An adventure stands. Blah blah blah. Ah, oh, that's what I hate about the English language. Is anything can be anything. That's what happens when you smush four or five languages together. We were talking about swapping the bottom two stanzas. If you move the third stanza to the top, you don't have to do that. It flows automatically. It goes first stanza to your way has a twin at the beginning of the end, cross four spans, an emblem of B, two circles, three dragons of C, blah, blah. It flows better that way. If you just take the third stanza and move it directly to the top. Yeah, you've got the iambic meter, the iambic meter going really well there. What do you think your way has a twin means? You think he's talking about my kids? He better not be talking about my kids. No, I'm just kidding. If he's talking about a path, it's probably, I mean, it could be a symmetrical park like there is in, in, uh, in Charleston, right? White Point Gardens is super symmetrical. You can go from either angle. It doesn't matter. You're going to take the same path. It's just a series of squares. Maybe there's, you know, an oval shaped path in a park. You can take the left or the right. It doesn't matter. They're both the same. Uh, going to the final line now. 
Viva Fair Folk, as in Viva Las Vegas. Viva being the uh, the Spanish, uh, I think they what do they call it? An imperative to to uh, to live, right? So long live the fair folk is basically what he's saying. But is it a shout out to Vegas? And remember, he had a uh, he shared a photo of himself and Kit um, putting this whole thing together, right? And one of the books in the picture. I don't know if you guys zoomed in on that, but it was a book of Las Vegas. So. Plus, I don't know if you guys have ever been members of the mafia, but you can dig a lot of holes in Las Vegas and nobody cares. I'm still sad that one of the books on that table was God is Not Great by Christopher Hitchens, and nobody was outraged by that, and it made me very sad. What is this picture? What is this table? You've never seen the picture of him and Kit at the table working on the... It was Kit's an artist. Artist got a bunch of weird stuff, dude. Yeah, he had a map of Vegas map of vegas or or a book of vegas or something like that but um the other uh question i've got for you guys is are there any clues in the little sketches at the top and at the bottom the five like i mean the bells the bells do the bells do i mean they are similar to the ones in the painting so it's possible i think it's an homage to the leg eater where it's spitting out the leg of a gecko at the top (laughs) could be is there a reason that there's five of them? You're the numbers guy, Evan. I just or... point out the numbers. I'm just a reporter here. Oh, yeah. Checking at the bottom. I was looking at the top, which I think is a, le- a direct leg eater reference to the left and right of the word tribute. It's 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 hard to really make out exactly what that is. But, you know, I was just curious what your guys' thoughts were, if you thought that was something. I, I think the fact that there's five of those things at the bottom might mean something. But I do – I, 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 I want to go – I, I do believe there's directions in here. I, I think there's directions on how to decipher the verse. Um, we just haven't cracked it yet. But once you once it once you figure that out, I think the verse is going to just flow. How once it you flow. find the starting point or the the ground, yeah. What do you think a man of adventure? Sta- okay, assuming these flow linearly, which they may not. What do you think a man of adventure stands at the beginning and end means? I would guess that's going to be your. There's not really a dead set confirmer. Um, that people have been able to find in this verse, but I bet once once a confirmer's found, it's going to be that you're going to find a place that's going to have a statue, or it's going to have something that's going to show a man with the word adventure. It's going to be pretty obvious when you find it. I think, I think that's going to end up being your confirmer, right? Like a Ponce de Leon statue, or what you know, whatever exactly. you know. Uh, I think that's too vague. I think that's too vague. Every person that has a statue after them was a man of adventure, or or a woman, and this other woman. Here's what I was thinking. I I'm not a comic book guy. I've only read one comic book my whole life, and that's Watchmen. Uh, but I still knew Price growing up, and I knew him from the most popular book series he uh, he uh, he published which has name at the top, which the was choose your, own choose your Own Adventure. Right. And since Price is at the beginning, he's a man of adventure. As for at the beginning and end, I was still not allowed to dig up graveyards. Mm. That's that's probably a little... Is there a statue of Byron anywhere? <laughs> you know, we were, we were talking about buying those, uh, getting those memorial plaques. So possibly... No, it's totally not buried in a memorial plaque. Yeah, I don't get at the end of Byron Price. Like, I'm like, I don't want to go to that well, look, freeway, you know? So I'd say say just, you know, for shits and giggles here. You're at a park that's circular. 
and right at the entrance to the circular park is a statue of i don't know whoever but the plaque has something about adventure on it so you're standing at a park that's circular your way has a twin it doesn't matter which way you go you're going to be at a circle the man's going to be at the beginning and the end either way I like that because I don't know anything about JM. Literally, the first interaction we had was when uh, he asked me to be moderator of the Facebook page uh, yesterday. So I don't know how he thinks, but I do know that Price uh, loved to use things on plaques that seemed like they were deeper than they were. Like Pindar, Socrates wasn't, hey, let's find something they have in common. It was just, look, I found this written on a stupid plaque, dude. Come on, man. That's enough. Like, it, it, there was all these things that seemed more deep than they were, but they uh, were actually just, hey, I found this written nearby. Yep. So I, that speaks to me, and that makes a better a better indicator. And and the one thing I know about JM is he knows the first place you're going to – the first thing you're going to do is Google every single word in this verse. And he doesn't want you to be able to find like you, like you would in – uh, in Cleveland, for instance, he doesn't want you to be able to Google a name and find it on a on a plaque somewhere. So he's going to be very vague on that. So whatever that plaque says, it's probably going to have the word adventure in it. Although I think there's merit to that, but I've I'm all about the plaque theory. Probably one of the most people that's for everything must be on a plaque. And man, like. At least 66% of the plaques out there haven't been put on Google because nobody cared enough to take a picture of it because it just says, here was a man of adventure, 1962 to 1975 or whatever. Nobody uploads that to Google image search yet. We don't, it's not, the whole world's not on Google yet. So if you might have found a plaque, Google searched it and found out that it's not on the internet and put it up there. Yeah, but you're thinking of now. And what JM is thinking about is what if this hunt lasts 10 years or 20 years? What about technology we don't know exists yet? So he, he's going to want to make it specific, but he's going to want to make it vague. How does he know about my infrared cast detection technology? That was an industry secret. Um, you know, we got spies. Oh, my God. We know things. How do you think we knew so much about the podcast, man? We've got microphones in people's houses and. AI all the way. One, I uh, well, okay. What do you guys think about the emblem of B? Oh, dude, whatever. Bedlow. <laughs> it's gonna. You think it's? Big? I mean, one of JM's big things <laughs> was if it's a capital, if it's a capital letter, it's gonna be a proper noun. It, it always has to be. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm nothing if not a writer, and and Price was a, uh, a master's degree in communication. If you have a capital letter, that had better be a proper noun or exactly. get out. You're, you're just making a stupid mm-hmm. puzzle if you're not doing that. Uh, so proper proper now emblem of it though so do you think that there is some word that is etched into some sort of emblem or is that just sort of a like a like they're just referring to emblem it? is so broad anything is an emblem i'm looking at my beer can and there's a logo on it that's an emblem i would think it'd have to be an ornate b an ornate letter b for, for, it to, for it to even matter and not be everywhere. Anytime you have anything that starts with B, any proprietary art they have, that's an emblem of B. What about Valkyrie's window with seven? Because what the heck? That was clearly not forced, but because it matches the meter, but that was patched in there. I don't know about, um, I don't know enough about the Valkyrie and that sort of lore. What do you know about it's that? It's Norse and it's the angels who would, Correct me if I'm wrong, please, people who are hearing this. It's the angels who would decide who would die in battle and who wouldn't. And that's it. There's not a lot about them. 
from what I've researched. It's not like a, a character. It's uh, just Valkyries were the people, the, the the fates that decided who lost in battle. I think it was a woman, though. I think it was a, like a female angel, but uh, a group of them. Like, I don't think Valkyrie is one person. Which would lead more towards the, the lady in the painting being an actual lady. I think Kit's going to take offense. Like, how can you not look at that and see that it's a man or a woman? He's going to be pissed off at one of us. I disagree. I think it's uh, the ultimate compliment to sketching the female or male form that you can make them blend together so evenly that it's difficult to tell one or the other. Because if I draw if I draw a woman, it's going to be a stick figure with long hair. You're going to know it's a woman, you know? Whereas if you can do the muscles so well that it's, it can go either way, uh, I, think, I, think, I think it's okay. All right, well... We'll, we'll go with that and hope he accepts it as an excuse. It's at least meant to be androgynous. Don't yeah, you I would agree. I, mean, that, I would that, agree that it's meant to be androgynous. He's trying to throw us off. I I, I think, you know what I mean? But The only androgynous uh, uh, one was what, image nine in the original? Androgynous is a subjective term. So I'm getting, I'm opening up a box of worms here. So I don't mean yeah, to, but I few of them were a little bit like a, I, I'm why am I thinking Milwaukee the juggler yeah. is a, oh is yeah yeah good call good call no just uh, slightly though I mean but you know it could be a male faced with long hair yeah. right so is he trying to was Price trying to throw us off and did jam and, and Kit throw that into this? one thing I'll say about the what we were previously talking about the um uh the the emblem of B would be a great nod to the Walcott statue in Lake Park in Milwaukee that, that JM loved so much and spent so much time on with the, the huge um, shields with the letter H on them. So if you're looking for an emerald, an emblem of B, I'd be looking for something like that too. A statue with sort of an ornate, either a family crest or a shield of some sort with the letter B on it. Or like uh, a symbol of Wonderstone's hearth, a letter from Wonderstone's hearth, a letter from Wonderstone's hearth. Yeah. I hope so. Otherwise, this could be anything. Literally anywhere that starts with B, there's going to be an emblem. This is emblem is such a general term, you know. But I think it will fall. It'll fall in the line, you know. When you just like the Chicago, I think it's there, there's a bit of Chicago in this where um, I think you're going to start going down some path and you're going to go, oh, that's Lincoln, or oh, that's the you know the Congress, and and you're going to like walk your way yeah and that's that's where that line it's important to find all the clues comes in and i think that's probably jm's way of telling you like think about this the way the rest of the puzzles work think about all of the clues from the rest of the puzzles how did you find them what did they mean where did they go although just just to play devil's advocate they got the b wrong in chicago and they still found the cask well, I mean, you could you could be able to do that with JM. So I, I don't I, I think I think JM has put enough time and thought and effort into this where that's probably not going to happen. I don't think you're going to happen upon this. I don't think it's going to be a, like like Cleveland where they were digging on the wrong side, but they just sort of, you know, threw a prod in the ground and found it. I don't think that's going to happen with JM's. If I think if you don't know what all of the clues here mean, you're not going to find it. Right. He he certainly will have uh, tried his best, or him, him and Kit will have tried to, to their best to avoid the pitfalls of the of why it's been thirty five years or whatever since most of it have been buried, right? So I think he's going to try to try to avoid that the best he can. Knowing JM the way I know JM, as soon as you get to the end of this, there's going to be a twist. So figure out what that twist is. Mm-hmm. No, no twist at the end. That's what f's everybody up about. No, the, there's there's going to be. The, I'm sorry. No, but that's. 
don't be ambiguous about the dig site. Oh my God, that kills me. Well, and then if you think about it, it starts out duplicitous by saying your way has a twin, right? So is he trying to get, you guys said something about the infinity sign and ending where you begin, that type of thing. Um, you know, is it that there is some mirror image path that we have to take yeah. or, or consider? Is it do the exact right? opposite of everything that's in this verse? I mean, there's gonna be a twist. Right. Don't do this, do its opposite. Go, follow right exactly or maybe maybe the image gets folded over you know in one way or another on, on a line or maybe you need a magnifying glass or maybe you need colored glasses like so you know i know he's got some twists like that in here speaking of which i have a confession to make okay i've been sandbagging i actually have a solve that's really good that leads to a perfectly exacting spot I'm I'm ready for exactly. it, George. Let's start with the verse here. Your way has a twin. You mentioned duplicitous nature. What is a twin on our body? Something that has a mirror image of itself on our body. Our hands, our feet. But oh, nice. Our our feet, our hands, and in Latin, our right hand is dexter, meaning adroit. You know, uh, 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 agile. And our left hand is. Uh, Sinister, meaning evil. Uh, hop in and feel free to guess where I'm going with this, because it's very exact. And then it says, a man of adventure stands. Well, who, who has traveled, in all of mythology, who has traveled the furthest distance of anyone who's had literally the biggest adventure? They've been from the edge of the universe to the other the edge of the universe. Me. Who is that? It's who went me. from heaven all the way to the other edge of the universe? Well, the devil did when he was kicked out of hell in Dante's Inferno. Speaking of Dante's Inferno, cross four spans. The four horsemen of the apocalypse riding across the land. Think about it. Cask 13, the number of the beast. An emblem of B. B stands for Beelzebub. Next line. It's down below. I mean, come on. Does JM just have to hold our hands at this point? It's obvious. Valkyrie's window was seven. Lady Valkyrie is a uh, publishing company that wrote the biography of Satan. Then it says, two circles, three, dragon of the sea. Back to Dante's Inferno. He describes Satan as two wings, three mouths. Three circles surrounded by two wings. Two circles, three. Then they move on to Dragon of the Sea, Revelations. The dragon stood on the shore of the sea, and that's where he summoned mountains from. Next line, in marsh, hillside, and valley deep. There's a place called, I don't know if you've heard of this, Kill Devil Hills from North Carolina. There's a place in California called Devil's Valley. And there's a place called Devil's Marsh. Well, actually, that last one isn't so much as a place as it is a song for the 1992 Sega CD Game Kid Chameleon. But point still stands. So we know it must be in hell. Okay, it's very clear. But where in hell? Let's examine the image. First, let's look at the most hellacious symbol in the entire image. Of course, I'm talking about the butterfly. We've got a butterfly. And what is spearing the middle of the butterfly? Some kind of iron rod. Perhaps it's a tire iron. I don't know, but it's an iron. Iron plus butterfly. Iron butterfly. The famous 
experimental rock band from the 70s. And what was their main hit? Vita, translated in the Garden of Eden. And who was in the Garden of Eden but the snake-clad Satan? Also, if you look at the butterfly, you can find 666. Now, let's look at the beast on a leash. What is it? A dog wearing a horned goat skull? A goat in a dog mask? Either way, they conjure images of Cerebrus and goat skull-clad dark priests making virgin sacrifices to summon the Dark Lord of the Underlord of the Underworld. And speaking of sacrifices, what's that lady or man about to do with their axe? Is it a priest or priestess? I can't even tell. Uh, Kit did a good job of uh, emulating the uh, gender ambiguous depiction of the person in image 9 or 10. But moving on, this is also a nod to C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, where Lion Jesus Aslan is sacrificed on a dark altar. What's the dog goat sitting on? A dark altar. Look at the wheel on the left, 18 dots, indicating the number of the beast, 666. Summed, also known as the sumber of the beast. Side note, there's also a place in hell for dad jokes. So now we need a map of hell. As we know, Botticelli has drawn a map of hell, and every single image in the original verse, uh, circumstantial evidence points that it each image is based on a classic painting. Well, why not this one painted on Botticelli's image of Dante's hell as described in the Divine Comedy? I've pulled that up, and I will share this on our page, but the uh, goat's hooves are both in level seven of the Divine Comedy. The V on the person's back in level seven. The check mark in their gown, level seven. What is level seven? Reserved for those who abuse people or property. What is property? A goat. It's right there between the two goat hooves on level seven circle of hell in Dante's Inferno. Go ahead and dig it up. You can go ahead and jump my spot, but that's where it is. Also, also, JM, connections to the rock world. Maybe he had Ozzy bury it to them. What's more 1982 than connecting rock music with hell and the devil? JM used to say that he was going to bury this in my backyard, and I can't believe he actually did it. <laughs> I think that's where it is. I Shit. Really do. I have a bunch of images to upload <laughs> to further prove of hell, point. Of hell <laughs> and how it relates to the image, yes, and Botticelli. Um. That's um, <laughs> pretty sure that's the end. <laughs> Can I get a plug in, please? Uh, I've got a comedy book coming out uh, from uh, Kaplan Press. It's a guide for teachers and how to use comedy to increase retention. It's called Teaching with Comedy. Also, uh, we've got a football website where we just actually it's the way I first met Brett. Uh, footballabsurdity.com uh, check us out on Twitter fballabsurdity and if you hate both of those things that's fine be my friend on Facebook Evan Hoovler and I would love to hear about how much you hate me alright that's it for this episode of the secret podcast we've had a brand new hunt we've gone through we've had a very strange and long winded solve from Evan we hope you enjoyed the episode, uh, and we'll see you next month. Jam, we all miss you, and we hope you're doing well, man.